Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. I have a I have a short episode for you today, but I think it's important as we try to understand the not only how Scottish clans operated, but the origin of the Scottish clans. And so this episode is going to be a kind of a two-part, the first in a, in a two-part series. And it's in response to something I see a lot of on the Facebook page. So hang hang with me for at least a couple of of episodes here so I can get my full thoughts across. Now, before I get into this episode today, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They produce a fine kilt, very high quality, awesome customer service, free shipping in the U.S. Go check them out at usakilts.com. Also, they've got a really cool YouTube channel. It's called USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. So go there and check them out. I'll have links to them in the show notes. And, uh, and let's jump into this. All right, so what I wanted to dis- discuss today, and I have hit on this in previous episodes, but I, I just hit on it. I just mentioned it briefly and then rock on with whatever we're talking about, not this. So today I want to actually talk about the terms in Gaelic that are important when discussing their kin-based society. All right. Now, this is going to have a couple of two uh, implications for two different conversations, and both of them that have been really rolled around a lot on our Facebook group. Guys, you know, I, I'm not on the Facebook stuff all the time. Like, if you really want to get a hold of me, reach out, give me some feedback on an episode or an idea or something like that, don't just throw the comment on our Facebook group called Scottish Clans because I may or may not see it. Now, recently, I have got on there a little bit more and been involved in the conversations there, and I would really, really encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know about the Facebook group, I'd, I'd really encourage you to go over there because we have some pretty knowledgeable guys who form kind of the core of the group, and we have a lot of other awesome members of the group. By the way, the group's like 14,500 people, which is a billion times more. <laughs> I thought when I first started it, I thought this is going to be like me and like 10 other people. <laughs> I, th- I thought my membership would be mentioned or measured in the dozens, not the thousands. Uh, so it's way bigger. Now I know maybe a few of those are bots. Um, a lot of them are probably people who don't take a real active part in this. If you're listening to this episode, and it's interesting the dichotomy or the the divisions of the different types of people be, be uh, that are a member of that group. I, I guess without just getting way off on a tangent, my point here is that there's some great discussions going on over there, and it's it's free flow. It's some guy or gal will ju- jump up on there and post something, and often the the post itself is is valuable. But then you'll have all these people jumping on, and and sometimes it's a debate. Sometimes it's just, it's not a debate, but it's like, oh, here, here's another thought about that. And the original poster is like, oh yeah, that's really good. Thought I hadn't thought about that. And it's just some really quality content on there. Yeah, some people get a little wrap around the axle because Neil King will jump on there and tell them their family's not a clan, <laughs> which I, I get a kick out of it. I really do. Uh, 
Neil, thank you so much for your contribution. I have a core of others who are just awesome. I'm not going to mention them all because I'll leave off people, but it's it's Neil, and I, I mentioned him specifically on here because he's the one that gets the most hate. And it's it's by people who just, I don't, I don't know why. I just don't know why we got to be mean to each other. But he'll he'll get up there and very... I've never seen him just be respect or be disrespectful. I've never seen him just jump on there and just be a turd and just like, you know what? That's not a clan and you're stupid. He never says it like that, but they often respond as though that's how he did it. And lately there is, it was a few, maybe a week or so ago, somebody got up there and started it was pretty entertaining. They they went way off into crazy land. Anyway, and, and it was all aimed at him. But so I just want to give I just want to give him a little love on this episode because he gets a lot of hate when he just keeps or or he'll not just correct somebody, he'll just say, Hey, that's awesome, but this is a Scottish clan. So we're trying to talk about Scottish clans. It's not just thistles and bagpipes and tartan that we're gonna throw on here. So yeah, but it's a really good place. You should go check out the discussion on the Facebook group called Scottish Clans because there's some quality stuff on there. And like I said, there's some not quality stuff, but but my admin helpers are are doing a great job of policing that up. And I just wanted to give them a little little love, a little shout out, not just to Neil, but to several of the people on there. Joe, go on there and see if you can learn something. I'll bet you can. All right. Um, hey, another thing I wanted to mention before I go face first into this thing here is... Um, I'm really fleshing out and, and it's, it's just chipping away a little bit of time. So it's not a complete and finished product, but Podbean, who is my web host, whoever has a podcast, they always have a web host. Mine's Podbean. And, and yes, you can reach out and connect with me on there. You can leave, leave me comments, but, um, they offer you, which I didn't realize until a couple months ago, a free website, like just go ahead and build a website for your podcast on here. And I w- I've been messed around with Wix and I never really got around to making it much in the anyway. And I d- without even realizing it and so this is pretty cool that I get to have a website on there. And so the first thing that I'm developing on there is sources. Because that's one thing that one A I feel strongly about sources. B you're only as good as your sources and that's why I feel so strongly about them but uh, C I've had on the Facebook group and some other venues, people reach out and say, hey, will you, can you create like a master list of sources for the rest of us who want to jump in and study this? So guess what I'm doing over on the Podbean website? I am creating sources. So if you just go to, um, if you just go to scottishclans.podbean.com and there, there's, if you, if you go there, that's kind of the, that's the main page. And up at the top, there's some options. Go to sources, and I've got a whole list of sources on that. It's called Sources for Studying the Scottish Clans. The link you'll see will just say sources, but when you go there, that's what the title of the, the web, that particular page is. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I've built up a pretty good list so far. It's far from done. It probably never will be done as long as I'm engaged with this effort, but um, I've got the first section is a pretty good section of links that you can get. So a lot of these older 
references. The first one I've got on there is the genealogical history of the Earldom of Sutherland from its origin to the year 1630. So this was written actually in the early 1600s when there was act- there were actually actual no kidding real clans still running around Scotland. I'm not talking about clan societies with the president and a monthly email newsletter. I'm talking about no kidding Scottish clans like hey somebody's infringed on the honor of the clan and we're going to go take it to them. Hey, why are we missing cattle? I don't know. Somebody said they saw McFarland's around here a while ago. Anyway, so that's a cool source. Well, guess what? You can find that source for free on the internet in a PDF form. And I've got links to it here. Um, anyway, go 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 check out this, this page here. I've got a whole section of just, hey, if you want a free PDF, just go check out these links doesn't cost you anything, and I'm not making anything off of that part of it. The next section is more scholarly, right? So some of those, that first list, some of it's scholarly, some of it's not. Some of it's really good because it's contemporary stuff. And anyway, just go check that out, and you can you can sift through there and see what you like. But the second section is stuff from academia.edu. Not all scholars are equal, not all professors. I'm, I'm down with that, but... This is a place where some pretty big name um, people that we've used on this site, they use academia.edu. I've mentioned when we're talking about earlier, like the origins of the clans, and we're deep in, diving back a little farther than most clans actually started, but we're looking at the foundations. you got guys like David Barun and Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf is on academia.edu. Um, so is oh, the, the guy that wrote the stuff on the Kennedys that I used a while ago, Hector... McLeod, was it? Maybe, maybe. Anyway, um, I've actually got his link on there. So survival and success, the Kennedys of dinner. Go to that. That's that's his stuff. Anyway, I've got. I don't know. There's there's actual scholars, Catherine Swift, Michael Newton, um, and I've used their stuff here before. Catherine Swift is more Irish stuff. Michael Newton, he's uh, he's actually a fluent Gaelic speaker, and he's a professor at a. The University in North Carolina, I can't remember which one it was, but I've used his stuff a ton on here. And then my, so yeah, academia.edu, it's a free, you don't have to be, it's not like JSTOR or EBSCO host where you have to, some organization or you got to pay money. It's, you can just go on there, get a free account. I found it, figured it out while I was doing my master's program, but I didn't get it because I was a student with American Military University. I did it because I just got on there and did it, and I've still got it, even though I'm not in school anymore. And so anybody can just hop on there for free and get an account and then um, drive around in there and explore. But if you want to get there in the first place and you want to find some stuff, I've got some links to articles that I've pulled from academia.edu and use them in previous episodes. And the third section that I've got here is, so they're affiliate links. So I've got, I've got a, an affiliate account with Amazon. And so if you go to these links, um, but it doesn't cost you more. So it's not like, anyway, just go to these links and click on them. They'll take you to that book on, on Amazon and you can, and you can buy that book there. I know like, so some of these you can only get on Amazon warriors of the word by Michael Newton that I just barely mentioned. I've used it a lot as a source for this episode or not for this, for this podcast. And you can't, that's not, that's a whole book. You can't just download a PDF, free PDF of that. 
Um, but I've got a link to the Amazon book here. And it, like I said, it's, a, it's an affiliate link. Now, some of the links I have on this part were already mentioned back up on the free PDF part. So you could get it for free. But I know that some of you, maybe some of my older listeners, and that's cool. And maybe some of the youngers, I don't know. They like to have something solid, a hard copy in their hands. They like to go through it with a marking pencil and they like to mark it up and write notes in the margin like I'm doing with this book about the Campbells by uh, this this one that I've mentioned. I've mentioned it. I'm, I'm, I'm neck deep in this, man. I've, this, this book on the Campbells, um, it is awesome. For, it's called The Campbells 12... 53 to 1513 or 1258. Anyway, it's got this date range that's talking about. Guys, this book is awesome. Anyway, we've got, uh, oh, it's by Stephen Boardman. Gosh, another scholar who I've used extensively on this podcast. So I've got a link to that on Amazon. You can't just get a free PDF. These Most of these books are in the 30 buck range. Some of them are less, some of them are more, like Kinship and Clientage by Allison Cathcart. That's more because it's used as a textbook. And I don't know all the machinations that go on why textbooks are so expensive. I doubt it has anyway, get me off on a on a tangent that way. But that one's more, but most lot of a lot of these ones are in the twenty to thirty dollar range. So um and there's cheaper versions. If you go on there and buy a a used copy of it, which I like to do. The Campbell's version, that's a brand new book, but I do have like the one um the Kingdom of the Isles by R. Andrew McDonald. That one was a used, I bought a used copy of that. So, <clears throat> and that, I know there's a link to that one, but there's this huge list on that one and they're all Amazon affiliate links. So go, go click there. If you're just interested on what I'm using, because like I've said, this has been brought up more than once. What sources, like, can we get a list of sources? And so, yeah, I'm building that. So it's a work in progress, but if you go to the sources page, on scottishclans.podbean.com, you'll be able to see a huge list on there if you just want to go nuts. All right, so that's 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 a new project. That's a little labor of love that I've been working on there. So go check it out. All right, so let's get back into. So I want to talk about the 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 Gaelic or Gaelic, depending on you're for in Ireland or Scotland, um, words that they use for this kin-based society, this clan system we always use to just kind of sum up the whole thing. Um, we've got, I'm just going to go off some, just list down some, some of these Gallic words that they, that, that in Gallic are used for different parts of the kin-based society. Okay. And I've got some examples of each different word being used here. So I've got the, the definition of it, like what it literally means but then also how it's been used talking about clans. So the first one I'm going to jump into here is the one called canal. Now, canal is used earlier. So the the most in Scottish history specifically, the time you see this word canal used the most is when it's talking about the leading kindreds of Dalriada. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is we're going back. I mean, theoretically. We're going back into the 500s AD to where you had the Picts, the Scots, the Angles of Northumbrian, the Britons of Strathclyde, so um, or the the Clyde Rock 
Britons or the Britons of Dumbarton, that different words. Sometimes Britons of Strathclyde is a later type, like a post-Viking type of thing. But anyway, you get the idea. So that was back when those are the main components of the people inhabiting land that's now called Scotland. And for the kingdom of Dalriada, they were the one of those, the one out of those four that was speaking Gaelic or some old version of it. And you see the division of those leading kindreds of that kingdom, and it's they're referred to. They don't call them clan; they call them canal. And so, and I think I'm getting that right, but I'm not a fluent Gaelic speaker. So you have these leading kindreds. Examples are, and by the way, canal means race, nation, people, or kind. I got that off a of wiktionary. All right, so canal, canal navrine, the 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 descendants or the people of Gabrain. Or, or Gavrine. I don't know how far back that B starts changing to a V sound, but Canal um, Navrine is how I read in a book one time that it was would have been pronounced back that far. Um, you have Canal Lorne. And so Canal, just a note about Canal Navrine. The, when the royal houses of the Picts and the Scots merged under the McAlpin dynasty, um, th- that McAlpin dynasty, they claimed descent from Canal Navrine. Now, the next one I was going to mention is the Canal Lorne. Canal Lorne, <clears throat> they would go back and forth with Canal Navrine in the leadership of Dalriada. And the Canal, whereas the Canal Navrine during the Viking Age pushed east, right? They moved their center from um, the, the Isles and the, off the west coast of Scotland, those southern. Hebridean, I think is how I heard it on a YouTube video. Hebridean Isles, they uh, Hebrides, they pushed east and established their capital at Scone, or Scone, depending on who you're talking to. And the Canal Lorne, who gave their name to the part of Scotland in, in northern Argyle called Lorne, they pushed up the Great Glen and established themselves up closer to Inverness. And they became the, depending on, like I said, what source you're looking at, some of the Irish annals refer to it as a kingdom of Murray. In Gaelic, it was Murav. And other sources will call it, they're the Mormares, or later the Earls of Murray. But, um, and at first, the, they was, it was a complete, they were independent of, the kingdom of the Scots, that that MacAlpin dynasty, they were kind of doing their own thing, and it's from this group that you get Macbeth. All right, so Canal Lorne, um, maybe even some of the kindreds descended from those early earls of Lorne. The the you'll see it written in historical sources as Macheth, Mac, and then H E T H. What that probably is is Macith, that A. I'm not really sure about the Gaelic spelling, but something like A-E-D or A-O-I-D-H, but there's kind of like a soft T-H sound there at the very end of that. And that was eventually dropped off, and you get Mackay, or in America more commonly, Mackay. And in very few circumstances, Mackie. But Mackay is how... And so, and I can't I can't 100% prove that the Mackays of Strathnaver are descended from these Macheth Mormares of Murray, but if they are, and there's, I'm not the only one who thinks that, then they tie back into Canal Lorne. You got Canal Comgall, which those middle consonants there kind of get breathed past later on and becomes Cowl. So the part 
in Argyle that's called Cowl comes from Canal Comgal, and then Canal Nungusa would have been in based in Isla, the Isle of Isla, which would later be the headquarters of the Earl, the Lordship of the Isles, and the McDonalds. But uh, earlier in the Dalriada times, it was Canal Nungusa, and with Comgal Nungusa, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like with Canal Navrine and Lorne, I don't know what they later became, but those are early examples of Canal. The next one is the next word. So you got Canal, you got Sliacht. And that literally means seed, offspring, progeny, posterity, or descendants. The example of these that I found is in a book written. Um, it's it's a it's written by Alan G. McPherson. It's called. It's not a book. It's like a paper, and it's an old Highland genealogy and the evolution of a Scottish clan. And it is, you guessed it, about the McPhersons. Now, um, in there, he quotes the Invereshi book genealogy. And it mentions three divisions of the McPherson clan into Sliacht Chinnik, the Sliacht Ian, and the Sliacht Gileisa. Um, so three divisions of the McPherson clan, and they're calling them Sliacht. So we're looking at maybe a, a smaller, it kind of, the connotation is a smaller group, but um, eventually rolled up and sometimes referred to as clans. But he claims that these divisions, these three divisions of the McPherson clan, are still visible in the in the muster for the clan for Ewan of Clooney's regiment in the 45, in the 1745 Jacobite Rebellion. So that's kind of interesting. So there's an example of the, the use of the word sliacht. Um, you have the word sheel. Um, it can mean, mean seed in various senses. It can mean brood, descendants, progeny, lineage, breed, or race, or ancestry, tribe, or clan. It can mean all those according to Wiktionary. Guys, I'm not a fluent Gaelic speaker. Like I said, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's just, you know, somebody knows better. I would gratefully receive a correction. Set me straight. Um, if they're, yeah, if I, if I'm, if I'm misadjusting anything here. Um, I, two examples of this are. I'll give you the on the Wikipedia page. So take this for what it's worth. You've got Shilvorgan. Or, or the descendants of Morgan, which was a Gallic term for the Mackays of Strathnaver. And, and I, I didn't find a lot of really solid scholarly stuff on the connection between Clan, Clan Morgan, in this case, Shiel Vorgan, and the Mackays. But one that's a little more solid than that is Shiel Tormod and Shiel Torkel, which are the two big divisions within the MacLeod clan. All right, and so the Shiel Torkel are the McLeods of Lewis, and they have different branches. And then the the Shiel Tormod are the the that division of the McLeods are the McLeods. The chiefs would be known as McLeod of McLeod. The clan was the McLeods of Dunvegan and Har- Harrison Dunvegan, and so and they're the ones that have the Dunvegan Castle on the Isle of Skye, still inhabited. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, so there's there's that term Shiel that refers is another Gallic reference to a kin group. All right. Now we have the word clan itself actually comes from Gallic. Most of you listening to this probably already knew that. Now it literally translates as children of or offspring of race or descendants. Um, and for my examples of this, yeah, I could have just gone like Clan Donald, Clan Gregor, Clan Farland, or stuff like that, and and made the very easy to associate connections to, but I thought I'd throw in for you here for my examples, 
versions that are usually only used in Gaelic, and we don't use them in English very often. So, so an example of that is for the Campbells, an earlier appellation, not Appalachian or Appalachian, like the mountain range in America in the United States, but the uh, the or er, er, an earlier reference to the Campbell kindred was the Odunya or Macdunya in a thirteen, I think sixty nine, thirteen sixty nine document referring to them as descendants of a guy named Duncan McDunia. Um, but we could but they were they were Clan Dunya. And they claimed through this descent from Dharmad Odunya. And I can go into a lot of history on this and I've learned a ton of cool stuff from Stephen Boardman in the in that book I mentioned earlier about the Campbells. But that's a, a Gallic association that the Campbells have with that name. Um, the McDonald's of Slate from the Isle of Skye in Gaelic, sometimes they were referred to as Clan Ushton, from a previous ancestor of theirs. The Munros could sometimes go by Clan Anrohech, and the Rosses, Clan Anris, or Andris. And so, um, just different, known in Gaelic by terms that we would not really... If you didn't know better, and you just heard somebody talking about Clan Ushton, you would never know that that was the McDonald's of Slate. So I think that's kind of cool that in Gaelic they have these different names that don't really connect at all with how we would hear it in English. Another Gaelic word is the word Tua, which means tribe. Um, I don't see this a ton in Scottish history. In fact, the time I've seen this word used the most is the Tuha Jidanan, which are the, if you know anything about the origin of the Gaels, their, their, legend, their origin myths or legends, which... Is funny because now DNA is actually showing some links. Not that it's exactly how we see it laid out in the Leber Nagalan Leber Gabala Heron. I think is that what it is? Leber Gabala Aaron. So uh, the Book of Invasions is what it is. Translates into English, and that's their kind of their origin stories. Like okay, Ireland was first inhabited by this group, and then that group, and then they had this and that. And when the Gales showed up to Ireland, it was it was controlled by the Tuatha Dé Danann. And the, or the, you've seen that word Tua, tribe of the goddess. They think goddess Danu, but now this is a lot of reverse constructing of, cause they don't, it's, it's, it's a lot of guesswork from all that I've been able to read on this about the Tua de Danan and what, who was the original Danan or Danu that the tribe was named after. And, uh, but then you, there, nevertheless, you hear the word Tua. I don't, and in, I think, in older Irish context, you see this word, but I haven't seen it a lot used in Scotland. Now, here is something that would be relevant. And for a lot of this, I got, there's there's two different YouTube videos that I want to refer you to, and I'll include the links in the notes for this. Um, the one is from Catherine Swift, who is an Irish scholar, and it's a it's a recording of a lecture that she gave. And so what you're looking at is her, are her PowerPoint slides, and you're listening to her give this presentation to a, to a public group. And she goes into this on way more detail than I will ever do in a podcast. And so I'm just going to refer you to her on this. But she... And then so there's that one source, and another one is a, is a not quite so scholarly, although I'm not saying that this person with this YouTube channel that I've mentioned before on here is is less knowledgeable or less professional about the information I'm just saying it's it's presented more toward a a popular the present the presentation of it's more toward a popular audience okay 
Um, and I think both of them are worth watching. So it's, it's the clans and dynasties YouTube channel. And on that, it's the, this video is called, um, what was the difference between Irish and Scottish clans? And it goes in, he goes in there and talks about this word Fine or Fine. And this word, um, it talks, it literally means vine, but it goes into the different generations from the common ancestor that's claimed, right? The, the, this kinship, obviously, if you're akin to somebody, you share an ancestor somewhere. And they have different words relating to this word fina, um, depending on how many generations you were removed. So um, the Gaelfina were people within three generations of the common ancestor. The Derfina were a, a broader kindred, four generations. The Irfina would be five generations, and the Indfina would be six generations. So... We, and and depending on how many generations you were removed from the common ancestor, that would have a lot to do with are are you in line to succeed? Are you are you are you in the running to become the new chief or the leader of the kindred? Are you what are your obligations to the broader kindred? And and all this is dives into the Brehan law and and this kin based society that was very official and codified and goes back a long ways in Ireland. And you've heard me mention, and, and Catherine Swift touches on this in her video. She does bring, even though she's looking at this mostly at, at, at the Irish kindreds, she does, part of this presentation does reach over and, and pull in the Scottish clans and talks about in comparison and contrast. So um, she does get into that, and the, it... it reinforces what I've seen from reading Michael Newton's book, The Warriors of the Word, or just Warriors of the Word, in that I was just struck by the cultural continuity that exists between Gaelic Scotland and Gaelic Ireland. It, it really is quite strong. And and it, it doesn't mean that we can assume that because it's in Ireland, it was in, in Gaelic Scotland, but it's a starting point. And for, if you want to dive into that a little deeper, I'll go click on this link for Catherine Swift's video that I'm going to give you. All right. And, and so that's, that's all the, there, there's, there's probably way more. In fact, I know that Catherine Swift in her presentation goes into this a little bit deeper and there's more words and stuff, but that's good for right now. Um, before I talk about like just rolling over and kind of capping this off with talking about the English end of it, let me just, let me just ask you a few questions. Shall I? Can you wear a restricted or privately owned tartan on your kilt? Who decides if a tartan is official for a clan and or, or for any other organization? It's not just clans that have tartans. It's universities have them. Different branches of the U.S. military officially have them. There's district tartans in Scotland. Who decides if it's official? Is the difference between a cheaper kilt or a more expensive kilt easily recognizable? For the answers to those questions, I'm going to refer you to my buddies Rocky and Eric over at USA Kilts and their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. In some of their more recent videos, they're answering those questions, and I would recommend you go watch it, because I did. I thought it was interesting. So that's Rocky and Eric at their USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions YouTube channel, which is awesome. And they don't just talk about kilts and wearing kilts in there the whole time. They talk about some other stuff of Scottish history and culture. And so I recommend that channel to you. And also go to their storefront, usakilts.com, if you want some superior quality 
Scottish clothing and other stuff. Okay, jewelry. Go check them out. Um, great customer service, awesome quality kilts, and um, and free shipping within the U.S. Yeah, and I think and I I, I got on their website and I was kind of running around some part of it and I stumbled onto some like some like it's almost like blog posts, but there's just some content, some actual just no kidding content on. It's almost like uh, if the YouTube channels were turned into like articles. So I found that articles is the word I was looking for. Go on there and check them out. USAKilts.com or USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. Go check them out. All right, so <clears throat> the, uh, the so we take all these here now. So here's some friction between when you study this subject. You've got all of these Gallic terms for a kin for different aspects of a kin-based society. And I will bet you, you know, the way I presented this, it might learn that Kanael, Sliacht, Shiel, Clan, Tua, what like they, they could all be used interchangeably. I would I'd be really surprised if that was the case. I'll bet each one of them has a nuance that if you were a fluent Gallic speaker, you might use these terms slightly different in certain circumstances to refer to specific things. In it, so this clan-based society or this kin-based society, specifically within the Gaeltacht, the area that where they speak Gallic or, or used to speak Gallic, was a very developed thing. This wasn't just like, hey, let's start a club. Uh, you get to be president. Let's call you a chief. No, this is... Many aspects of it are codified in Brehan Law in Ireland and would translate over into Scotland. This is it's very, very specific. And then we take that whole thing and we just wrap it up, and in English we call it clan. Or sometimes we might use the term sept, which Catherine Swift addresses that term as well. Which it, or we'll say it's tribe. And and tribe has come to in English have kind of a negative connotation, usually refer to um, maybe a little backward society, definitely not as socially advanced as we might consider other societies. And um, there's just, yeah, there's that little negative connotation to it. But we basically, I mean, our whole, and, and overwhelmingly when we're talking about clans, yeah, we call, we call them septs. We also might use the term branch. So if you go on Wikipedia, you can look, which, right, that's the ultimate scholarly source for studying clans um if you go there you'll so you go clan donald okay go to clan donald's wikipedia page and over on the side you'll see you can drop down menus you can see clan branches which would be actual parts of the clan that are split off you'd see the septs of clans so there's surnames that are associated with that clan may not be related might be might not be but they were definitely kindreds that would have lived under the power of the clan Donald and therefore owe them their allegiance, maybe more. Some of it's kin-based, some of it's more feudal. Um, I think my point here is that there, we lose something in translation. And so, and I've, going back to the Facebook group, we, we get into really nitpicking this topic using English terms which don't often, they don't often connect very well. And so I just think it's kind of silly. Um, another, like, let me give you an example. Do 
do clans exist outside of the highlands? You could go a lot of different directions with that. And officially, what's a clan? Well, if we translate it, well, first of all, like I said, we're, we're, the English language just doesn't have all the nuanced words that we can pull from Gaelic to describe a kin-based society. Like, we don't have something, we have third cousins and fourth cousins that describe my relationship to another person or a specific family, but not like the word finia, which, and I can just say the word derfinia, and we know exactly how close we are to the common ancestor of this kin group versus that. We don't, it's just not as well developed. And so, but then we get in these arguments about what counts as a clan, what doesn't count as a clan, is there clans in the highlands or, or in the lowlands, and what parts of the lowlands, because that would matter. There's parts of the lowlands that were Gallic-speaking up until like the 1600s in Galloway. There's other parts that were never Gallic-speaking, but still developed a kin-based system. And to what degree did they look or not look like highland clans? And we get in these things, but I'm just kind of pointing out the flaw in the whole conversation is that we're it just we're we're using a different language to talk about this and there's problems there and if you don't and so it's not like you can't have the conversation but you've got to account for some of that you have to at least know that when an english speaker says the word clan and a person if we could transport somebody from 1400s highland scotland and right now and and give them our language and or take perfectly take their language and we can just perfectly communicate but acknowledging that there's two different languages, holy cow, we might we might look like when we learn what we would learn from that person, like we've been chasing our tail this whole time in this conversation. That's the impression that I get from this, is that we need to at least account for the fact that our English words don't nearly come close to pulling in all the nuances of this kin-based society from... Uh, and I'm not I'm not going into Borders or Aberdeenshire or uh, the Lothian or what were these other parts of Scotland. I'm specifically talking about because we've been using Gallic words. So like just going right into a Gallic system and we're describing what it looked like there. And then we're using these English words and talking to other English speakers. And so I just think that there's some flaws with that. Once again, I don't want to shut down the conversation. I just think it needs to be addressed. All right. So um, I mentioned some of the different back and forth that would be affected by this concept and the different words. So um, one thing I might throw out there, all this, so this is something I pulled off that Catherine Swift video, all this implies a common descent, which would have been more true for this whole concept of common uh, descent, uh, common ancestor. That would have been more true for the leading members of the the members of the leading kindred of the clan than it would be for the rank and file, okay? Because they, it was really important to them who was eligible for succession, right? Now, when we talk about these two different systems, the clan system and feudalism, which I would argue are not mutually exclusive. It's not clan system or feudalism. Um, the As I mentioned when I was talking about tonistry in a previous episode, they, these guys use whatever worked for them. They whatever would give them the advantage or the upper hand. If you don't, if you don't got a guy, if there, you got a guy over here, you think that he's the this is the best guy to lead the clan, but he technically does not satisfy all the rules. They would make up his genealogy. <laughs> so even amongst 
the leading uh, members of the leading kindred of the clan. You can't just say it was rock solid, although it's much better documented than the rank and file. So, um, anyway, that's just a uh, just a little thought on that. And then, as I as I wrap this up, this has implications for other conversations that I've seen a ton of on the Facebook group, which is. Uh, we get into these conversations of where do we get the clan system? And people are saying, well, the Normans brought in feudalism and the clan system sprang out of that. Is that true? Because this conversation would have bearing on that conversation, I think. Um, or was it inherited from farther back than the Normans? And how did these two systems maybe interact with each other? I don't know. Let's let's talk about that next time. I think that's going to be my part two. I told you at the beginning there's going to be part two. So that's it. Join me next time for a conversation on that. If you want to reach out to me, the best way to do that is you can. You can. I've got an email set up specifically for this. It's thescottishclans at gmail.com. Or you can do it from the Podbean platforms. So go on Podbean. Um, you can comment you, if you get into an episode and you, you look for this episode, which will probably be the first one you see on the main website at scottishclans.podbean.com, and you can listen to it and you can comment, and, and I can see that. Uh, you can go on Apple Podcasts, give me a review. One uh, favor I'd ask of you, will you share this podcast, this episode specifically, or this podcast generally with somebody you think could totally get into this? So as we wrap this up, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, Whatever it is on the platform that you're listening to this on, don't forget to do that. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you go over there and leave me a review, that'd be awesome. Also, it helps the broader community because, like I said earlier, we've already got some awesome people in this group, in this audience, in this conversation. And I'm looking forward to see who else is out there that could contribute to this or that would benefit by hearing this. And... Also, don't forget to go check out those sources that I mentioned. I spent a little time getting that up and going, so I'd be interested to, to hear what you think about that. Go on scottishclans.podbean.com, click on sources, and go check out my list that I've got on there. And until next time, Marsh and Lave and Drasta. <laughs>